0: Over to you, Pastor Mike. Thank you. Well done. <clears throat> Dave, you going to tell us a little bit about the app today? Is that, you can do Good. Do it. <laughs> we want to get as much traction on this app as possible, uh, particularly for the prayer war side of it, so we can really stay. Sorry? He needs a mic. Mike needs a mic. Anna Marie's does, we're so organised, aren't we? Good morning. I thought I was going to get a brain transplant, but I changed my mind.
1: Who here has downloaded the app? I have. Oh, good. There's good, a few good, hands. Good, good, good. Who here has been to the prayer wall yet? Yeah, I've had a few come through. So the way the prayer wall works as well, by, by the way, is uh, you'll put a prayer request through. It'll go through to a moderator, the moment which is me, uh, just to sort of make sure that the right kind of things are being communicated through We did get a prayer
0: request early on the year from a lady who rang up anonymously, and she asked, could the church pray that I could become the, Miss, the next Miss World Universe?
1: Sorry, we don't pray for everything, all right? Just putting that out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, also uh, it, one of the things the app does is makes giving really easy. So you can, if you just go in there, the first time you click into the, the giving section, it will give you an opportunity to, to sign up uh and you set up some credentials and that kind of thing and then uh, every time moving forward from that it's very easy to give so you can just sort of jump straight i know that um uh, quite often we don't went to bunnings yesterday and i was like oh man i wish i had some cash on me because i wanted a hot dog um but uh who can relate um but uh <laughs> they had fpos hallelujah so i got a hot dog was so it a, yeah we're just making it easy we're just was making it it a easy. vegan hot yeah. dog No, yes, it definitely was a a halal pork (laughs) vegan hot dog. Um, So, yeah, look, guys, um, I do encourage you, if you haven't downloaded the app, please go and do that. Um, All of our feeds, all of our activities, uh, everything that's happening in the life of the church is coming. So you can shoot your phone at the screen right now. If you don't have the app, you can point it at that right now, and it will pull it down. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. This is a bit of an update. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, today, it's also Gary Bowes' 37th birthday. Oh, actually, I, I have a, I have a little bit of dyslexia, so, uh, Gary, you can have anything for lunch today on the house. Coffee, you can buy Joel dinner as well if you want lunch and stuff, so, let's sing happy birthday. We don't normally do this, but I'm gonna make him suffer. So now you have to follow my actions, okay? You ready? Uh, me, 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 me. Dolby. happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. What's his name? Gary. Happy birthday to you! So now you know the truth: Pentecostals are crazy and mad. You know, we'll do anything to get your hands up. So there you go. <laughs> so we've been doing a little bit of a sermon series on things that I've personally been very instrumental in my life and helping me grow. Uh, in my Christian. So these are my big rocks. These are my foundational principles that have really helped me work my life out of, you know, alcohol abuse and homelessness and all, all the stuff that was in my background. I some deep issues. So we've looked at, you know, one of the really important things to do is stop measuring yourself with anybody else. Because that's just a, that's just a dumb thing. You'll either compare yourself with people worse than you and you think yourself really good. You know, my trash can's better than yours. i would better rubbish than you any day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a false race, isn't it? So give up comparing yourself with anybody else. Just measure yourself against the best version God had intended. And that's the thing. One day we'll get to heaven and God will show us, Mike, this is actually what I planned for you. And this is what you did you know, hopefully it won't be too far apart, but we should pursue a better version of who God is. Uh, we've also looked at that revelation of righteousness to let go of guilt, to let go of condemnation, to let go of religion, to let go of the fact that, you know, you've got to be better in order for God to love you more. You've got to work harder, do all that stuff. Give that away and just accept the fact that God loves you. Why we were yet sinners, Romans five eight, when I was out there beating up people, stealing cars, drinking to excess, doing all sorts of really rotten, disgusting things, then God loved me. Come on, then that's when God loved you. Before you are, before you even started the race. So how much more? may he love you now given the fact you've started the journey you try to be a a son and a daughter that pleases their heavenly father we also looked at uh, this battle for the mind this battlefield of the mind Uh, i have had one of those minds that if left unchecked would destroy me if left unchecked there's enough madness in my mind to destroy me And I've had to learn over years how to manage my moods, how to recognize when I'm about to fall off the cliff, because once you fall off the cliff, it's too late. You know, find out where the edges are, to learn to believe what God says about me. So that renewal of the mind, I thought, was so important. And the other thing that's really useful for me is to keep your eyes upon Jesus and all the stuff that happens around us. You know, the horrible... Things that can happen to you in church and in leadership and in life and in family and all that stuff. It's a struggle, but sometimes you just gotta stop looking down and just look up and look at Jesus. And then you have strength and power to do what you need to do because He's the one who found the way. So that, that were really important things, really important things for me. I am I am aware that the world is facing a huge issue with this coronavirus, and some people see it as a sign of the end of the times. And um, but you know what it is? It's a, it's a really bad thing for some people. So why don't you just take the hand of someone next to you? We're going to pray. We're going to pray, Father. We just uh, come to you, Lord. You said that if we would come to you in your presence, Lord, and we'd cry out, Lord, and confess the sins of our land lord that you would be the one who could open up the heavens and send rain and break drought lord and so father we know we are not worthy lord we know that we have failed and we turned our back on you and lord we deserve nothing else apart from the frailty of life and the consequences of rejecting you but infinite god in your mercy we pray for an end of this plague and for every person who's suffering, Lord, with this virus, wherever they might be around the world, whatever the color of their skin, their location, we pray that you would help them through that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today I'm going to look at uh, something else which I think is really fundamental for what changed my life. And it comes from Matthew 16. And it's, it's the power of your confession. What comes out of your mouth? Tells me more about who you are than anything else. Your words will tell me who you are. Very quickly. Jesus said it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. So your heart, your mouth will tell me what's in your heart. And where's all the good stuff comes? Comes from the heart. Where does all the bad stuff come? Comes from the human heart. So next slide, thank you. So here's this guy, Andres Tumas. Now this man at the end of World War II, was arrested by the Russians. They could not understand what he was saying because he's a Hungarian. Any Hungarians in the, in the, in the house? We've got lots of other races. No Hungarians. Okay. Hungarians. So he's Hungarian. So he's talking away. The Russians decide that the man has a mental illness and is just speaking gibberish. So they lock him up in an insane asylum for 55 years 55 years and this is in the soviet union uh you know things did improve a little bit but you can imagine the most basic conditions for 55 years one day a new doctor comes to town a new psychiatrist starts to look at this man hears him talk and he recognizes that he's actually speaking hungarian he's not mad at all and so he's eventually released and Today, he's uh, considered to be the oldest prison of war that ever left uh, in that particular area of history and stuff. So 55 years, and he's beginning to rediscover his, uh, his history, his language, his memories. But one of the things was, for 55 years, there was no mirror in his cell. So when he would go into his mind of what he looked like, Fast forward 55 years and he looked a lot different. And so here's a man who would spend in the early days of his recovery hours and hours just looking at his face. Doing those little... Is it me? Is it me? He lost the memory of who he was. James chapter 1 talks about The potential of believers, of forgetting who you are, of going to the Word of God, opening it up. And that's a real challenge these days. In this instant world, we might be getting about but to open up the Word and to look into that Word and see what that Bible says and to believe it. James says that for some of us, we forget what the Word says, and we turn away and we actually lose our identity of who we really are. Who are you really? Are you just what the evolutionists say? You know, a little bit of goo on the way to the zoo by way of you. <laughs> are you, you know, a, an accident? Are you worth, I think the Nazi Germans calculated the value of a human being about a dollar... If you add up the potassium and the gold and the stuff and the hair and the soap and stuff, who are you really? And the Bible holds out a vision. The Bible holds out an image. The Bible holds out a revelation as to who you really are. And the incredible thing is, the Bible says, if you can just hear it today, just perhaps, just perhaps, you're not an accident. But you're a destiny and you're a child of God in the making to be a ruler, a prince, a princess who reigns over life and creation. Who are you really? Well, this is a great thing. So next slide. So Matthew chapter 16, uh, very fundamental. Jesus said uh, he had built his church upon this. Simon Peter answered him and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered him and said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Man, get off the sand, lock onto the rock, okay? It's time to start basing your life upon the revelation of God's Word. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades, that's Hades, that's the unseen world, that's the dark, that's the doubt, that's the deceit, that's the depression, that's the damage, that's the disillusionment, that's the bad stuff. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it, shall not prevail, and I will give you the keys of the keys of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So who are who has the keys today? That was given to Peter a few years ago, but the principle still applies to do applies today. Who has the keys today? Who has the keys? So you had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. They are in your hands. Now, I have an interesting set of keys. And I want to tell you, I don't know what half those suckers do anymore. <laughs> do you have that? Do you have keys breeding on your key rings? And then you sit and says, what was that one for? See, keys are only useful if you know what they're for and you know how to use them. Can you say amen? Keys are only useful if you know what they're for and you can use them. So if you're a child of God today, if you can say along with Peter that Jesus, you are the anointed one, you are the Messiah, you are God's chosen. If you have that, then God gives you keys, 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 keys Keys to open and keys to close, keys to open and keys to close. Next slide. Thank you. So I want to talk to you about the first key. It's the key of revelation. Revelation. I, I'm just going to say simply, it's not a doctrine, it's not a new tape series, but I think there's two keys that we need to... One is the key of revelation. Now, there's a difference between information and revelation. There's a big difference. And the challenge I have as preachers is that every Sunday, I have an opportunity in a space of a little bit over maybe half an hour of trying to take you from information to revelation. And there is the difference in that between heaven and hell. You can have the information up here that Jesus Christ was born two thousand years ago, that he lived an amazing life, that he taught probably the best things that have come from the lips of any person who's ever walked the planet. That he was uh tried by Pontius Pilate, he was crucified around about Easter. on a a Jewish Seder so many years ago, and that now millions of people reckon that they've met him. Has anybody met Jesus in this room? Oh, I've met Jesus, yeah. I've actually met him. So millions of people still say he's alive. So you can have that information, but it's the revelation of when you know that's to be true for you, that everything changes. You can know intellectually that God heals... It's another thing when you walk in the revelation that God is your healer. You can know in your head that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but it's another thing when you have it deep within your spirit by revelation that he is actually the provider for you, that all your bills are taken care of by God. He's not going to let you fail. That's the difference. The difference between the head and the heart, John Wesley said, 12 inches. And getting it from here to there is the difference between having information or having revelation and the way it works is unless you get the information there's no chance in, there's very little chance of getting the revelation so that 's why we encourage bible study we encourage you to read your bibles on a on a daily basis we encourage you to podcast or Because in all the information you gather, I guarantee you, one day, revelation will come out of something simple. You know, it'll be... I can remember one day being in a a meeting where the pastor got up and he said, Satan is defeated. And like, oh, here he is, isn't he? It went off in my spirit. It went boom. I knew that, but now I knew it. Come on, help me here. I knew it, but now I knew it. There's another day when I'm actually preparing to preach my first sermon in Bible college. Back when I was a little whippersnapper, green as a cabbage, with a massive messianic complex. I'm going to preach my first sermon in my Bible college. And I'm just going for a walk and a talk with the Lord. And I'm just singing, Father in heaven, how I love you. I lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in your praises as your people declare your mighty word. Father in heaven. And and all of a sudden, I felt the whisper of God say, Mike, do you really believe that? That I'm your father. And all of a sudden, I went from information to revelation. You know what? My father's pretty neat. You know what? He's got about the largest organization today on the planet earth. We have about 3 billion customers. We have a branch office virtually on every street corner, everywhere in the world. We run more hospitals. We run more orphanages. We run more schools than any other organization on the planet. We are, that's my dad. (laughs) That's my dad revelation you got to get a revelation and sometimes you got to do the hard work of it you know a revelation you know uh the revelation you know you can take it up here you know um god you know i'm going to believe you for my healing uh should i move on and tell another story no i've got too many stories when i was a younger man back in the old days they used to come you used to leave milk at your doorstep. It was like a miracle. Every day, milk would come. <laughs> you used to leave bread too. So we used to live on bread and milk. Uh, no. So when I was about, uh, oh, as I'm going through teenage years into my early adult, I used to suffer from really bad hay fever. Does anybody ever suffered from bad hay fever? Well, I'm going to tell you, whatever you suffered from is nothing compared with what I suffered from. I, I'm, seriously, you guys are just starters with hay fever. I would get sneezing fits that I couldn't stop, and that would then break all the blood vessels in my nose, and all the blood would be coming as well. And I could go on for hours just, achoo, chew. I did tell my wife at the time, honey, I'm allergic to cats, but no, the cats came and I sneezed. <laughs> And then I was challenging my spirit, Mike, do you really believe that I'm your healer? And I said, yeah, I I believe that, Lord, I believe that. So why stop, why, then why do you complain about your hay fever? I've healed you. (laughs) And for about a year, I just went to God on that and wrestled it and fought it and quoted it and sang it and whatever. Believing God was my healer for my hay fever, and today I can—you can actually—if you had a cat here, I could—I'd be fine. You know, it'd be okay. (laughs) So get your revelation. Where do you get your revelation from? You've got to get it from the Word. The Word, when it's soaked in your imagination, eventually revelation shall come. That's the first key. It's a key that opens up things in heaven and closes things in heaven. Who would like to have something open up for you in heaven? Well, the Bible says you've got the key. And whatever you open is already going to be open down here. And whatever you close will be closed down here. You actually do have the keys. Hallelujah. Next slide. So here's just a few things for us to think about today. Here are the seven divine names of God you know, based on Jehovah, the tetragrammaton, the I am, I am, I am, I will be, I shall be, etc. But Jehovah Rofekah, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Lord is my healer. So when Mike goes around saying, my doctor's lousy and I've got a bad back and this is that and all that's what, what am I saying? I'm actually not declaring what God has said. Now, first, you need the revelation that God's your healer. And then you need to declare, God's my healer. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. God, forgive me for the times I've said I can't pay my bills or I've whinged. Or I, I actually love the fact that God's enabled me to be so generous that we've never got any money. Because I give money away like it's, it's not, not important. <laughs> because why? The Lord is my provider. That's my confession. God provides for me. Jehovah Roy, the Lord, my shepherd, he's my guide. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is present. Uh, you know, where's God? He doesn't talk to me. I haven't heard from God. Well, what does the Bible actually say? The Lord is present. Uh, Jehovah Tizkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. He's my lawyer. He's my defender. You never need to feel bad. you you never need to feel down on yourself you never need to beat yourself up on that jesus has paid the price romans 8 says if god did not spare his only son but struck him with the full force of his anger how much more will he do for you now that you are called and his elect do you get it he's done his worst it wasn't to you it was to his son how much more will he lift you, encourage you? That's why he can say, I am convinced that neither left, death nor life, nor prince of powers, nor powers, all those other things will separate me from God's love. Jehovah Nisi, you know, the Lord is my banner. He's my advertising agent. Just look at you. On your head, there's God's favor. On your head, there is glory. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace, my counselor. Judges 6.24. I try as much as I can to funnel my language through those revelations. Next slide. Thank you. The second key is the key of declaration. So the first key is the key of? And the second key is the key of? Declaration. You've got to say it. Once you've got a revelation, then you've got to say it the Bible says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed and do not doubt it in your heart, but say to the mountain, be cast into the sea, then it shall happen. So faith comes through our mouth. Now, this is not positive thinking. This is not some sort of new age science. It's what the Bible has said for many, many years, that you've got to believe it and say what you believe. Believe it and say what you believe. Believe it and say what you believe so i believe i'm amazing <laughs> i have one of the best sense of humors you'll find anywhere <laughs> i believe i can sing <laughs> not yeah, well, gotta believe it you know if your marriage is struggling if your business isn't doing well if uh, things are hard at school if you've got the bully whatever try and hear what you're saying because you've got keys. You just have to turn the keys. Get a revelation and then a declaration. Revelation and a declaration. This week uh I got a phone call from a rehab program where they had a young lady, well young everybody's young when you get to my age, uh she was probably thirty-five years of age, and uh she was been sent from a rehab down to do it to have a court appearance at the Perth Magistrates Court. And the rehab would have been very concerned just to allow her to, you know, walk for 24 hours around Perth without some support. So they said, Pastor Mike, can you find someone? I couldn't find someone, so I stuck my hand up and spent a day with this girl. Now, she's 35. She's probably spent 10 years in jail already. She's not been a good girl. She's messed up. Um, But she's found Jesus about two weeks ago. She's transformed. She went to this trial. They should have thrown her away because she'd assaulted a police officer. And the and, and the boys in blue take a really dim idea to assaulting police officers. Uh, but they suspended her trial and given her some time to prepare because she's in rehab. And, and, and as you just listen to her language, I had that sense of, she's got it, you know. She's got it. Because she could have been leaning into blaming and fear and all this stuff. But she just says, I'm trusting God god's got it whatever happens whatever happens to me god will make something good of because we know all things work together for good you know we sang it this morning what others are meant for evil god can turn to good and so remember to pray for Tanil, she's got a ways to go but decoration i am going to have a healthy body yeah i'm going to have a great marriage I am going to have a prosperous bank account. I am not going to worry about coronavirus and take on the dialectic of the world, you know, the language of the world. Speak it out. Next slide. Thank you. Faith is agreeing with and saying what God says about you. Should write that down. What's faith? Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is knowing what God says about you and then saying it. Because if you just internalize it, that's, that's part of the miracle. That's the key of revelation. But the key of declaration is to stand up and tell people who you are. You don't have to be arrogant about that. It's not something. But you can bring peace and love and joy and agreeing with God. Who's the salt of the earth here today? Two salty people. Who's the pepper of the earth today? Okay. Who's more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Who is, who has something greater in you than anything else out in the world? Who is the light of the world? Who has the faith that even overcomes this world? Who has access to the cattle on a thousand hills? You know, I'm not talking about reality, I'm talking about reality. Talking about how it really works. So faith is agreeing with and saying what God says about you. May God put a guard on all of our mouths that we would only agree with God. That's what he says. One of the great anthems of the uh, 80s was shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. The... I've been told not to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, one of those things, one of those wonders that God is creating is you. It's you. Do you shout for God? What God's doing in your life? Are you excited about what God's going to do in your life? It's uh, it's worth a think. Uh, next slide. We're almost out of here, I think. Okay, here's Hiro Onoda. He drives a Hyundai. No, no. <laughs> Hiro Honunda. So we started with the war story. Someone who was a prisoner for so many years. In his case, it was because of a very sad misdiagnosis as to his mental condition. They misunderstood his Hungarian for gibberish or being a Pentecostal. This man here was actually a Japanese soldier who was put on a Philippine, uh, an island off the Philippines. Lubang? Lubang, yeah, yeah. About 80 kilometers south of Manila, little island. This man lived there. At the end of the war, instead of him surrendering with all of his other mates, he actually decided to stay because he thought it was an American trick. And then they flew in over leaflets. And uh, the leaflet says the war was over on the 14th of August, 1947. Please come out. Again, it's an American trick. You've got to watch them Americans stayed in the forest. In this time, he and his uh, three colleagues... They're actually shooting people. They're still involved in war. Uh, they're eating frogs and stealing the odd cow, living on coconut milk and sugar cane and the most basic of things. Then in the 50s, they sent another uh, plane in there because they'd sort of figure out there must have been something happening out there because people kept on dying. And there were a few skirmishes, skirmishes with the local police. So they sent in another uh, batch of... Uh, Information where they dropped these leaflets, which actually included photos from home. And his family saying, if you're out there still, if you're still alive, please come home. It's true. The war is over. And he didn't believe the message. So he stayed there for 10, 20, 30 years. And the only time when they finally convinced him to come out is that they found his old commander, who was still alive, and they brought the commander in to say, "Yes, it's actually true. <laughs> I'm not being bribed. It's actually true. The war is over. The Americans did win, and you can come home." He went home to a hero's welcome for his uh, ability to just obey orders. But here's here's my here's my theory. There are two messages out there. One message is, "War's over. Come home. It's okay. No penalty." You're free. In fact, when he got home, they paid him his 30 years of Japanese wages indexed to the current thing. So he's actually a multi-millionaire as a result of not spending his wages for 30 years. That's one, that's one message. The other message is it's a lie. Stay where you are and believe this message. You know, stay in your cave, stay in survival mode and don't believe the other message. Can I tell you right now that there's two messages out there? One's called the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, the war's over, come on home. All is forgiven and you'll be welcome when you come home. Hallelujah that's a great story. The other story is, no, you're on your own. All that's a lie. It's not true. Just go into survival mode. Look after yourself. Try and do your best if you can. Eat your frogs. Enjoy what you can. Scrape and so." That is another meta-narrative. That's another story. And what we are all called to do is to choose which one we believe. You're going to believe the Bible. you're going to believe what everybody else says all of sin started one day because two people adam and eve had one word thou shall not do that and the day that you eat of the of the tree the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the day you shall surely die and adam and eve said "Mm, maybe Maybe not. No, I don't believe it. And ate it. So we got into this mess because of disbelief and trusting God's word. It was actually pretty simple, wasn't it? It wasn't a hard thing to understand. Just one tree, just one fruit. And now God reverses all that back by making a way through Jesus Christ where we get it all back. We get paradise back simply by saying, God, I believe what you've written in your word. I believe that the Bible is wholly reliable and I am going to say it, I'm going to speak it and I'm going to live it. And through that, you will get access to the very throne room of heaven. You'll be able to unlock and you'll be able to release. So, let me just quote you this. This is from a, a lady that we probably recognize her name. She's called Mother Teresa. She said, People are often reasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Yeah? Yeah? Forgive them anyway. <laughs> if you're kind, people may accuse you of being selfish and of ulterior motives, but... Be kind anyway If you are successful You will win some unfaithful friends And some genuine enemies Succeed anyway If you are honest and sincere People may deceive you But be honest and sincere anyway What you spend years creating Others can destroy overnight But create anyway If you find serenity and happiness Some may be jealous But be happy anyway I like that one one of the reasons I think Christians should just smile more than they do just annoys the snot out of everybody else (laughs) the good you do today will often be forgotten, do good anyway give the best you have and it will never be enough but give your best anyway in the final analysis it's between you and God it's never been between you and them anyway Really good advice. So let's, uh, Esther, if you could bring your amazing worship team up please and, uh, I'd like us to sing that new song.